0: They're all here. The divas, princes, and living legends you should be obsessed with. Sitting down with me. I'm David Goldberg. These are The Luminaries. Weeks before quarantine, I spoke with the stand-up and writer Celeste M about their journey in comedy and to New York City. I hope you enjoy.
1: I take full, full responsibility for that.
0: Britney Spears had this song called "F.U.C.K. Me." Yes, and I, I know as it. As you remember, the chorus was "If you see, game me." Mm-hmm. It was months before <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: It's like it's like where were you when you first realized? I remember where I
0: was. I was in Jerusalem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is beautiful, David. Oh, my God. Mazel so, tom. yeah,
0: that was on my gap year in Israel, actually. Let's use that to transition <laughs> right into it. Um, first of all, Celestium, welcome to the podcast. Thank you
1: so much.
0: Huge, major moment that you're here. I feel like I've, like, a snagged a Wow. Yeah, it is a big get. Oh, my God. And, you know, I think in, like, the New York dungeon comedy
1: book, um, mm-hmm.
0: uh, Uh, synagogue community, you're kind of this, like, mysterious, dare I say, minxy, um, uh, elusive figure, like, who is kind of heated and respected, but uh, perhaps there's a lot of tea we don't know about you.
1: (laughs) And you find that it's your responsibility to sort of tease it out, kind of get its feeling.
0: Well, for the annals, we need to have some sort of record on here. So, when did you get here from Toronto?
1: Um, So, I moved here... August 2018. Oh, wow. Recently.
0: That is recently. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is really broad, but I know that you were in comedy in Toronto mm-hmm. and then you came to New York. Did, did you come here with the intention of, of uh, you know, seeing what the scene was like here or nah?
2: I wasn't
1: super sure. I mean, it, it, comedy has always felt like this. Thing that has like uh, chosen me or something, or like has come uh, to me. Yes, and I'm sort of like trying to. Um, it's like my like like coattail keeps catching on fire, and I keep trying to put it out or something. Um, so I moved here for grad school though uh, to do my MFA, and um, the reason that I want to do my MFA was because I felt like I have always had things to say, but that comedy was. Sort of not, it wasn't the right container for me. Okay. Um, so I was interested in just sort of like long-form writing and, yeah, I think that I always felt this like frustration with the uh, um, the length of short-form comedy. <laughs> just like how jokes are, uh, things end with jokes. The story ends with jokes all the time. It always feels like cut off or choke it or something. Um, yeah, and
0: it's hard to have any sense of ambiguity.
1: It is, and, and there's something that's so that feels so individualist and something so simplistic about yes. comedy sometimes. But productive, isolated. Yeah, but um, I was actually just reminded of the other night of why. Um, comedy can feel so magical and i and that is so rare for me to say so yeah. you know the <laughs> the story that you wanted this TMZ story that you wanted david is already coming out <laughs> which is me saying that comedy's magical um but i did um joe firestone's show the other night and it was just like just watching her work not to like name drop but just watching her work is like and i feel this way about a lot of comics here like um it, it, this like obscene effort and care and you know just like fierce like passion, um, is is so so appealing to me in any way. So <laughs>
0: well, not it was, only like, a is uh, Joe Firestone like exceedingly kind, considerate, yes. and views like all people as equals, yes. but she is also like unbelievably radiant of authenticity. It's unbelievable stage. Yeah, shocking
1: and. Uh, I, I'm sort of I, I can't believe how many times I've had to be reminded of that of how there are there's always a good version of of this. <laughs> you know, there actually is. and I and I always think like, you know, I can get into these moods that are so cynical and that are so like, they're so filled with despair. And then I see somebody like that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the, there's another way, there's like, mm-hmm. there are alternative ways to do this that are very meaningful. And, you know, she's like, the premise of the show is like, people, single people are like signing up. To be represented by comedians on stage, and yeah, which is also just like it's like a beautiful concept. Yeah, and you go in and Joe is like, you know, she's writing name tags, like making spreadsheets. She's like coordinating comics and like all these weird, (laughs) like Brooklyn, like (laughs) engineer types who are like signing up for the show. No offense to these audience members, love you so much, but. Like, just, you know, there's, there's just your audacity of being, like, yes, I want a comedian to represent me a single person and my attributes on stage. Like, okay, go off. Um, and then she's, as there's pizza backstage and she's hosting the entire show, I, like, immediately when the show is over, like, the money's in my account. Like, you wow. know, she just is, like. Pro. She's a pro. Amazing. Yeah, I'm inspired. Oh. So, I didn't come here, like, expressly to, um, I, I I did want to change. And so I came here, um, especially from feeling that way about comedy—that that cynicism. But I think I've really found um, people that I really admire. There's like a long list of people here that I really think are doing amazing, unique, special, important um, writing and work and performance. And so, so I've been surprised.
0: Like, what differences have kind of struck you between the Toronto comedy world you came from and the New York one that you're currently occupying?
1: Mm-hmm. Toronto's so small. Mm. And um, it can feel really small here, but it's actually yes. huge. Like, okay. I forget that, you know, like sometimes I'll meet somebody and they're like, oh, like I'm a comedian. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> there's like no interaction between our two communities like you know like I there's like it's whole true. scenes that That's we have true. never heard of. Even within the queer yes,
0: like world there yes. are still ones where I'm like bitch how have I not met you?
1: It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah you're right. And
1: then you know sometimes it'll feel like okay I- I've met everybody. Yeah and if <laughs> and I, I see
0: this person one more time <laughs> yes. I'm gonna hang myself. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah it's like the classic thing of you know talking to someone being like I'm gonna go get some water. <laughs> 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 and you're like okay got it. Um <laughs> So that is a big difference. Just the the, just the shears. (laughs) That's the oldest trick in the book.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just gotta get some water. I'm just gonna. No, I just feel like you've like busted me because that's what I do. Like, I'm so sorry. You're feeling really parched. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like
1: this is a two way street here, David. (laughs) You're gonna come and get me to praise the form of comedy. (laughs) I'm gonna call you out. Um, so yeah that's one thing the size but, but because of the size like it, it can just feel so like derivative is not even the right word because it, it, in a small community in a small arts community like it it's circuitous the way people copy people so you're like copying people who are copying you <laughs> and everybody's doing the same thing and praising the same thing it feels like you know they it gets stuck in circles a lot and here they're like you know in in toronto there uh, there are so many people who i'm so grateful for who gave me everything um but when i really think about like okay who is who are the people who i think are doing really who are doing really special work that no one else could do i can really i only have like a few people and i'm not like plugged into the scene i don't know how it is now like even you know it changes so quickly um but here i can think of like 20 people probably right now. Yeah. Um so that's really that that just the just the the idea of what's possible is so different here.
0: The thing about people's voices being copied is something interesting and it's really hard to track. I was talking about this with a friend. She had just gone and seen someone really big perform and she said, "Oh, that person just sounds like this other person." Right. And I was like, "Yeah, but that other person that Uh they're copying sounds like some... Like, there are a few people who I'm like, oh, that person literally is, like, this forefather, (laughs) especially in gay comedy world where literally everyone now uses their voice. But, like, I think you can usually tell when someone is just copying them because they suck or when someone has, like, jumped off and created something new. It's hard to judge it moralistically because it's kind of, like, a part of the reverberative process of, like, being in not being in isolation at the same time it's it is weird it's tricky
1: well yeah and i do i do um honor that difference you know i do think there's a there's a there's a very important distinction between you know being inspired by somebody um or being or you know making work that's in conversation with someone else's um there there are tons of comics that i feel like you know i saw them and i was like oh okay so it's fine to be doing what i'm doing Like, and that was more of validation than a borrowing, and I'm sure that I have (coughs) in some way, you know, borrowed what they've borrowed what they've borrowed. But um, eh, I don't know. The people who I – again, like, who would be on that list of, like, wow, I think these people are doing amazing stuff. Like, Mm. that I think is probably a symptom of just doing what you think is really Mm. interesting and putting out what you want to be seeing, and that's, like, just so different than being, like, oh, that works. I'm going to do that.
0: Right. So, uh I've read some of your pieces in twenty eighteen for Vice. You wrote this great piece about the Just for Laughs Festival and mm-hmm. how the founder was accused of several counts of uh sexual misconduct. Is that mm-hmm. the word? Mm-hmm. okay, and where you were just like. This is bullshit. Hello, anyone? <laughs> and the article's really great, and I just was curious what it was like when you came to New York, where, um, you know, in the New York comedy worlds. the New York comedy world, to me, reminds me a lot of the Jewish world I grew up in, where there are, like, certain institutions, many of which have acronyms, um, and it just gets, like, really culty, and mm-hmm. I just know, like, all these performers who are like, JWF, I gotta get down. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I don't... You know, I'm not a comedian, so I don't really know, but like something's not right about that. So I was just curious what it was like when you came here to this like world where it's like worshipped feverishly you know yeah,
1: it is this weird thing um, it's weird to have been involved with it before and um obviously, you know it's a huge part of why there's a there's a community like comedy community and industry where I'm from. And um, I wouldn't say that it has the same influence um, because the access is so different in Canada um, because there's just like a smaller pool of people and, you know, we're closer to it. But I would say that it gives what it does is it, it gives people a shared vocabulary for something a- a attainable in a comedy career. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so like that's like something that like my family members will be like, uh, are you doing JFL? <laughs> you yeah. know, like that's it's it's like the equivalent of SNL or like something like that, just not in terms of the status, but in terms of the just the, the literal language. And I talk to talk to friends like, you know, who are writers or artists a lot about this, like about their parents being very like, well, you know, have you have you are you going to be in The New York Times? Like it, there's just there's questions that are asked um, as a way of being like, is your are you doing well? <laughs> like in ways that they can understand and people who are outside of the industry can understand. Um, I just had that, that with
0: my... My dad just... I was like, this is not supportive. But he like brought up how I didn't get this job at Marvel in 2012. <laughs> and by the way, that huh. job was to be a... Production assistant for a <laughs> shitty cartoon. Right. Anyways, but he brought it up as if, like, I had missed my one chance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, but, yeah, that it literally is just this thing of, like, what language do they speak and what, what – you know, uh, when things are more abstract and you know you've had a personal success, but you can't, like, put it on paper in that way. It's like, Exactly. It's, and there's,
1: there's – well, there's just no, like, landmarks or something totally. for, for are you doing well or are you not doing well because I want you to do well. But here, <laughs> like, actually something – I think a big gift of moving here has been the fact that um, there are so – because the New York comedy scene is so entangled with – other kinds of artistic scenes and I found that in Toronto, but it's just like the scale is so different mm-hmm. again here that like I just feel that there's so many ways to be a to be a working comedian or a working writer I um, that I actually find that very heartening um more than daunting because there was only a couple, there was only, like, two or three in Canada. <laughs> that's what it I felt, agree. you know? And so because there's all these different streams, like, I know JFL is, like, sort of hailed as this big thing, but there's tons of stuff that's like that. Yeah. That's, like, you know, if you've done that, and, again, these are these, like, these are these landmarks that we sort of use to be, like, is that person killing it or do they fuck, like, are they a nobody? <laughs> um, it's easier to understand, and, I like, a very liberating thing for me has been to realize that, like, you know, those aren't um, landmarks for am I doing well or am I am I nobody?
0: So you're currently finishing up uh, your MFA. Yes. I don't even know if that's the correct terminology. <laughs> Academia speak isn't really a strong suit of mine, But um, you're currently finishing your MFA in screenwriting,
1: mm-hmm. correct?
0: So I'm mm-hmm. curious about what that duality is like of being in this kind of ambiguous performance space where you don't re- – you know – when your work feels good you know when you're enjoying it you don't really know like necessarily quantitatively what it always adds up to versus Mm -hmm. being in this like more um, traditionally structured um, system of academia and like maybe how what it's been like working on screenwriting in that space what the advantages have been what that's you know what the differences are to the world I know you from, et cetera mm-hmm.
1: totally it's such a good question because it, it's everything to me that difference mm. because on one hand, it is so so different um, just because of the the regulation of it, you know, to have to create work in this in this um, environment that is so deadline oriented and and um wants to package everything and yeah. wants to easily explain things and um, quantify things um, coming from an environment of like, as you said, like you know, basements and speaking to with our friends and speaking sometimes in microphones and sometimes to two people and sometimes to 300 people, you know it, It's a very, very different experience or it it seems like a very different experience. But what I've found, which has been so weird, and I think maybe I've only really realized or been uh, attuned to recently, is that it's all it's all the same. It all comes from the same mm-hmm. place, which is like having to separate your intentions as a generative artist from... Ever the external implications are and obviously the scales for that, you know, affect that process. But, you know, if I really think about what's important in both of those for me or what has remained important, it's the same thing, which is keeping my head down <laughs> and so that I can work, so that I can create <laughs> and, um, you know, going to get water when there's somebody that I don't want to talk to. It's the same – like it, it comes from the same place and I think it's been a mistake to treat those as different things when there, everything is an opportunity to, to gain <laughs> – to keep energy to work in order to repurpose resources to get other people to, to work and heal and create. Like I just think that it comes philosophically from the same place.
0: Interestingly, too, comedy and screenwriting, I think, are two of the only worlds that are um, proudly anti-intellectual. You know, they're two of the only spaces where people are proud to say that they don't read books and they think that that makes them sound hardcore.
1: (laughs) Right. I think that is right. And my program is um, screenwriting and playwriting, and I've been sort of like duped into playwriting because of, I think... Think because of that um, sort of intellectual side, where, and I do think that that's kind of the comedy that's my taste. It, it's not intellectual, but it's um, uh, it, it's you know politically intentioned, right. um, and that can and that can be confused. I think a lot for intellectualism, right. and I think people uh, misuse intellectualism to mean um, you know a politically minded or a pragmatic kind of work um but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities between like a program like a small cohort of people within this like big and fancy institution that are uh just trying to like exploit the resources that this institution is giving yes. them in order to like make their weird little things yes yeah, but there's definitely a rhyme there
0: with your writing, because you've done all sorts of stuff for Vice, like you did this amazing thing about how Asian accents are used in Hollywood, um, I'm curious, like, if you ever feel, because you're a woman, you're queer, I'm sorry, how do you identify?
1: I identify as non-binary, but... You identify yeah. as
0: non-binary, sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, so, you're queer, That's non-binary, huge, yeah. huge <laughs> and not white, I do you ever feel like having to write under um, all of those monoliths ever you ever get burdened with this like image of seriousness or like oh
1: that's interesting.
0: Uh, what I mean to say is like I just feel like for you to be able to whenever you're writing about those things which are your like your insights and your opinions I ever wonder if you feel like you're getting like sagged down by like this expectation mm-hmm. of um, voice like Voicing all of these margins, right, and of knowing everything, yeah, rather than ju- just being like, "Oh, I think this is whack," or like, "Fuck this." You I'm know?
1: interested in this question of seriousness because I, I think, I am, <clears throat> mm, and I maybe wasn't always like this as a comedian, but I think I'm like the serious comic, <laughs> or yes, something. and I think in like. Playwriting or like in and screenwriting and, and like my scripts, I think that have gotten like attention. It's they've been like the funny, you know, these Amazing. funny sort of takes on serious things. And so I feel very caught um, in that serious, funny, like c- c- between those two categories. And I think that is a symptom of a kind of unrest I feel with
2: having to
1: talk about identity and. um the way that, that that you know my career just started because of that or so, or or because i uh, had the instinct to leverage that or something and mm-hmm. it's something that i feel so so much discomfort with now just because i've changed so much and mm-hmm. I, I, obviously but also like, my political inclinations have changed so much and um you know i've had to learn about how to talk about those things I, I I had to learn about how to talk about those things at such a, a fast rate that yeah. now, um, I feel totally alienated from from how it was when I first started. Um, do you think that? Do you think that I'm? Do you think that I seem more serious than I actually am? <laughs> like my my personality.
0: I just think like when I, I was. Like, the best part of getting to interview someone like you is that I get to go and read all your stuff from the past that I can get access to. And I was like, oh, you know, Celeste has to write in a lot of her pieces, like, as an Asian queer person, dot, dot, (laughs) dot, just as a way of, like... Stating the truth, giving us a point of view, and also, like, giving us a way into these issues.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't have to do that when I write. Cause, totally. And also, I still get to act like a baby. Like, if you ask me anything about the 2020 election, I will just be a baby and right. not know anything. Right. Because I can just be a faggot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I, I do think, like, I don't think that means that you have to, like, take on some, like – serious Twitter leftist tone in your writing that you don't in your comedy. I just mean to say I think you probably have to do a lot more work right. than someone like I I do has to, and it's noticeable to me.
1: Right. There's just more steps to go through or something. Yes. Yeah, and I think that I, I feel, like, allergic to um, conversations now about representation and just all these different ways that, like, you know, what are effectively marketing strategies for identity um, have become things that, like, I'm somehow so attached to, but so, so removed from. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, think it's so last decade. It is. <laughs> it is. In 2020, um, representation doesn't matter, it's making a <laughs> splash. <laughs> But I do think that that is, you know, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that I've sort of transitioned from um, the pursuit of journalism or the pursuit of editorial writing to um, writing stories. And yes. It's just a more, I identify with a more elevated voice. And I think that, um, yeah, there, I, I look back at some of that writing now and I'm like, there, I was so like... A uh, restless. <laughs> yeah. It was never right.
0: Um. And I also just think that, like, I don't know, a friend of mine was texted, was, I-, I was talking with a friend of mine who wants to write his first novel, and he was like, is it weird if I'm, like, a white male and I want to write someone outside my, and, like, I-, he- I could see all the wheels were spinning, like, of right. all the, like, what if I write a book and I take a risk, how will Twitter judge me, basically? And I I wanted to just be like, Mitch, just, like, you need to just – let's just not for a minute. Like, just do something and then, like, see what comes out and not always be in this, like, state of hyper-literalism.
1: Yeah, I think it's – for people who really, you know, do care about um – what work does in the world you know what different kinds of things what functions things have it's a yeah it's a very necessary curse because you do have to work on all these different planes of reality which is like you know am i contributing to the world or am i harming it because um, there is a huge difference um But I think it's sort of impossible to work if you're considering that. I think you have to, you just have to do both. You have to like check in on both planes all the time. Um, And obviously, there's like third and fourth and fifth and sixth planes where you're like, um, also like, how's my family doing? (laughs) And like, do I have enough money to live? And um, should I finish my degree? Should I drop out? Obviously.
0: So you have a play. Not only is everyone is wonderful, correct? So is that out? This year, like yes. where, who are we? What's Yes, going on? it's
1: published. Um, I think the book is out. I I actually don't. Yes. I do not have a hard copy. I think that I didn't give the publisher. I think <laughs> I didn't update the publisher that I did move. So it's yeah, there's possibly a box of those <laughs> publications somewhere in Dimas Park where I used to live. <laughs> so if anybody out there is sort of like just kind of looking through other people's mail and come across <laughs> that, would you please let me know? Just want to know. <laughs> if I've done something wrong or if there's just <laughs> they just didn't send me any um, but yeah it was just a little play it was like a, um, a national festival and yeah it got published by Samuel French which is a gorgeous publication company for theater amazing yes
0: so I want to know about the process with writing that like because uh, I am have I'm also like not doing journalism Real well who knows but yeah, I also I am like so refreshed by leaving that. that world
1: yes there's something, somebody said this to me. Oh, my friend Emil, um, at Emil on Twitter, great Twitter. She one time said to me, and I think this was before I was like quitting a job or something. She said the best thing about anything, you know, the best thing about most things is that you can quit at any time and not die. And I think about that constantly. I think it's really, really important to quit things a lot. Um I've yeah, quit comedy too. many 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 times.
0: Yes, I've quit all forms of writing many 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 times. Yeah, and I
1: think that that is more than um you know maybe a not smart career move. It's it's like a gesture um of of power of of claim over like your your intention and and how that matters in in what you do. Like I think it's important to remind yourself that you you have the utmost control over. And what yeah, Emil is, is
0: right. You do have to um, untangle these like dreams that turn into these kind of chokeholds, imperatives yes. from your like destiny. And one, actually, I'm sure that well-adjusted people don't need this the way I do. But I, I have to like relearn that like. I will not only live, but, like, I am entitled to have a good life, whether or not I'm a success by the metrics that I have, like, come up with either this year or ten years ago, whatever. So, yes, I do think quitting is essential.
1: Yeah, and I think about that a lot with with, um, creating work, and especially with writing, which is just, like, you know, the most painful, horrible process. Like, I just don't believe it when people say that they – like it <laughs> it is not it's not because you don't let li- it's it's like being married to somebody and liking them like that's just not a reasonable expectation like it's not yeah. a, a reasonable expectation for love is not liking or, or or you know thinking something is cute like it's just not reasonable if i'm gonna be with something for years and years and years so i i think sometimes i think it's hard for competent people um, when they, when they are, when they're sort of committed to a, a pursuit, an artistic pursuit, like, because there's this feeling of like, I could kind of do a lot of things and be pretty good at them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you could, you have many skills, David, and you could mm-hmm. do like, you know, you, you, you know, you can do a show, you can do journalism, you don't have to. And, and that option, those options are, are very lethal, um. <laughs> Because the, 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 the temptation is always there mm. to quit because of that thing of you won't die and you can go and do other things. And I think that sometimes I think like, you know, maybe if I release myself from writing and I just think, you know, maybe I'm not the kind of person that writes forever um, and I'll go do something like, I don't know. Producing, or you know, but stay in the world because I do care about it. But maybe I'll be a producer. I think that I would come up against all of the same frustrations that I have with writing, which is: is this good for the world? Is this? Is this? Am I putting out something that is healing or harming? Um,
0: you know, I know that like my inner xenomorph, um, <laughs> you know, this kind of like demonic entity is very much bound to my idea of self as a writer. Mm. And the best that I have ever been able to do, only recently, is trick it um, Mm. into staying in certain dreams and not uh, crawling in and infecting other dreams. Uh. But my greatest fear with any project and any new form of writing or any new pursuit is that um, I won't be able to stay hidden for long and that all of those uh, doubts... Will return, so I understand what you're saying.
1: Absolutely, and that, you know it's not just with failure; it's it's also with success. Like absolutely, my therapist said something to me a couple of weeks ago that I that's really put a wrench in things. <laughs> she was like, she was like, and it was right as the as the our session was ending, and she's like, well oh, you know, for next time, I just want you to think about this: what would be so wrong? With getting everything you've ever dreamed of. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that is, it's so hateful. I know. She wants bad things. I know,
0: that is.
1: She's an, she's an evil, that, bad person. Those
0: are the ones where you're just like, what
1: the fuck what the
0: was that? Fuck? Yeah, it's a slap. Why? Because then, yeah, because it's like, I feel like what does one do if the catch doesn't exist? And I've spent all this time preparing for the catch. And then you have this, yes. This, I assume your therapist is a Gentile, telling you that uh, <laughs> things are going to, like, oh, well, why does something ha- horrible have to happen? Right,
1: why are you, like, collecting, like, shields?
0: And, like, yeah, what if the Germans don't come <laughs> to your door in
1: the night? <laughs> yes. Effectively, that is what she said to me. that's so fucked up
0: what are your like big dreams I mean like what is there anything like that
1: yeah I think again I think that they change all the well they've changed so much since the beginning of whatever this is so it's hard for me to say I mean I think that there are tangible things okay. right, but ooh, again, when I think about my like marriage to writing, it's like if I, I if I really am doing this my whole life, then I'm at the very beginning. and if I'm at the very beginning, then what I really need to do is 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 focus on how it's supposed to be sustainable for me. Mm. And so I, Mm. you know, always think about what the actual goal is. And it's right now, you know, to make something that I think my friends will love. Yes. You know, and not have to lie to me about loving. And then I think it might be after that something that my family loves. Amazing. And then after that, I don't know. Because I, I just think... I don't know. I mean, especially with screenwriting and playwriting, it's like, like, like what's like a movie that you love?
0: Moonstruck.
1: Okay, do you know who wrote it?
0: Um, I know it's like, didn't Norman Jewison, who did Philadelphia, directed? I have
1: no idea. Wait, really? Norman Jewison is Canadian. Do you know? Hello. Huge. Anyways, you so you don't know, right? No. And like, and that's fine, but. Most movies, even a movie that you love, you don't know who fucking wrote it. You don't care. If it
0: was written by anyone, which is often not the (laughs) case.
1: Right, right. These days. Oh, yeah, let alone, yeah, right. Like, yeah, who knows who has had their hands on (sighs) whatever. But so when I think about that, I'm like, well, that's not the fucking goal. It's not for somebody – like, and, you know, the dream – my dream would be that I make something that's – you know, somebody asks them, what's your favorite thing? And they say my thing, Mm. you know, obviously. But even in that case, that person won't fucking know my name or who I am or what I did to write that thing. So that can't be it.
0: No, and to me that's also very straight. I think, like, that whole, like, (laughs) Mm. this is Martin Scorsese's mess – like, okay. Yes. And then if you think about a movie like Drop Dead Gorgeous, which, you know, I know – not only every word of Drop Dead Gorgeous, I know every inflection in Allison Janney's voice, <laughs> that writer-director never made another movie. Or maybe sure. she made Sugar and Spice. Right. And she's more or less, like, walked away because Drop Dead Gorgeous was a, a bomb. It was a disaster. Right. And she was just like, fuck this industry. Right. So, like, to me, it is, you know, this kind of... um un- the The... anonymity uh in honor of doing this like greater work whether it's like recognized or not is more queer than you know this like straight um like let's suck each other's dicks
1: yes yeah i just think it's also just about like like a like a a reasonable expectation Mm. like and i and i felt that way in toronto so much where i was like you know What am I trying to do here? Is Mm. it to be the fucking, like, best comedian in Canada? Or, like, (laughs) what the fuck? Like, and, okay, so by the metrics that I know, the best comedians in Canada are not people who are doing things that I think are worthwhile at all.
0: That's huge. So
1: what am I working towards? Is it being something that is, like, something that I don't want to be? And and (sighs) now I feel that way again where I'm like, you know, I have a picture of... Um, people who I think have made meaningful work, and it, and it just doesn't correlate with like <laughs> I don't know, getting a fucking Oscar or like I don't know. Um, so yeah, the, I think the goal right now is to um, uh, you know work and live off writing, um, and I think it's it's to create something that is going to be like the the utmost. Healing resource that I can muster mm. in this moment, and I don't know if that means like, you know, working on a Michael Schur show, which is like what I wanted, <laughs> like you know, when <laughs> I first started. You and know writing what I mean? Wedding
0: scenes? Yes, for him.
1: <laughs> yes. I just, I just don't know. And like,
0: God, I'd love to see your astrology.
1: You So you want to know it? I, I know it.
0: Okay, give me something.
1: Okay, so as you know, I'm a Taurus, son.
0: Honey, welcome.
1: I am a Pisces Moon.
0: Okay, okay, okay.
1: And a Libra rising. Okay. My Venus is in Gemini, and it comes up a lot. <laughs> and
0: can I ask where? Do we know where your chiron is? Um, just because that's where the the kind of healing through art piece. Oh, it is. That's one of many. But- What's yours? My Chiron is in Cancer, Sixth House, so I have to, like, Kay. bleed deep into the emotions Would it be in the art like to that? heal myself and to heal others. But anyways, I'm sure I, I don't mean it. To, to take us down that, but I get what you're saying where, like, I do think that if the thing you're working on can have – I'm not saying it needs to be, like, didactic or boring, but it can, if it can have some sort of, like, magical healing – elixir for you to dip into it does have some sense of like more longevity than Mm -hmm. something you write at gunpoint for the sake of like yeah I don't know
1: yeah and you know I don't think that there's anything wrong with writing for well that's not true I was gonna say I don't think there's anything wrong with writing for profit but obviously I do (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but but I just mean that, you know, there's so – again, there's just a 100,000 ways to do this, right? There's no one way to do this right. and to live this way. And I, I think right now I feel like a very skilled tradesman, you know? Yes. I think that if I have a, a deadline, I can meet it and I can write a, a very boring, very legible script. And I think that most people cannot do that. And so that so that's a you know minority of people and then within that minority of people there's an even smaller pool of people who actually care about about putting a, like art out into the world that is meaningful I, I don't know these words are they're just not encompassing but like you know that that yeah. that just have greater intentions for work than than Making money, being, you know, being like on NBC's payroll. Or,
0: you know, Celeste, I don't want to you, um, rock your world by saying this, but Please. I, you know, and I hope I'm, I am I might be the first person to say this to you. <laughs> worry. I worry that you are not going to love Los Angeles. <laughs> That's just kind of a real shot in the dark guest oh, there. But I really hey. just, yeah.
1: Very interesting. Now let me ask you this. Do you think Los Angeles will love? Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I, they will fucking eat it up. <laughs> They'll eat it up. They will be, they will be coming to you, eating out of your hands, mm-hmm. offering you, you know, mansions with bidets, and I celebrate you there. God. I just think the ethos will disturb you, <laughs> and I'm, you know, and if I have to be. That. Thank you. I'm just. I have. I have to be the <laughs> and one. And where who warns do you, you think
1: in my chart it says that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I'm wondering do you want to I i think a the, the Pisces wait.
1: moon doesn't really equate with LA. I know I mean that is I do think that that is like my okay let's see this please I never really use
0: wow Taurus Mars too yeah that's that also comes up wow 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 so
1: I feel like I don't know so much about astrology but I but I'm proficient like I'm not fluent I would say I, I Jupiter and Capricorn. you know when people say like you know they can watch TV like in Spanish and understand most things like it's kind of like I feel like that level of proficiency well
0: you're having a big year Jupiter is in Capricorn currently you were born with Jupiter in Capricorn so there's a lot of light on you right now supposed, really yes anyway sorry I didn't mean to take us down that divergent no, uh, I, but, but I had that I a lot like in a- LA I really like I don't know people would get these like Assistant jobs and I'd be like, is that what you want? What right. do you want? What right. does any of us want? Who am I? What's my name? Where am I? Like right. it was it got so confusing where it was like this opposite of abundance mentality of like, anything is good, so take it and be thankful. Yeah. And that just became like it. And then it became harder and harder to hear any voice of like, what do I want to do? What's interesting? What's stimulating?
1: Yeah, I th- I think a lot when somebody – you know, when I work with people or when – just in general when I meet people who have a kind of – that kind of mentality that sort of – sometimes it comes out in a cutthroat way. Sometimes it comes out in like a very envious, jealous way. That to me is either a symptom of really not having enough experience to know that there's enough for everyone to eat Or it's that sort of other end of the spectrum, which is like you're just so far in that you can't even remember what you what you mm. what you did this for. Mm. You know, you're just. So I, I think it's really important to have those moments of like, um, what's the plan here, boys? Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, what? Like, <laughs> what is? Like, again, it's that moment of me being like, Do I want to be the best fucking comedian in Canada? What is that? What does that mean? What is that? Yeah. Um, and more often, I think the answer is, like, no, that's not even what I fucking want. Right. Why am I working and working and working to get something I don't even fucking want? Do you want
0: to stay in New York? I know a lot of this is informed by, like, citizenship stuff. It is. But I'm curious.
1: It is. Um, yeah, I think that, um, right now the plan is to stay as long as possible. (laughs) Okay, good. That right now means another year. Okay. So that's how my, just my visa situation is working. Um... I have desires to live in all kinds of places, um, but New York really feels right right now. Um, I do love it here. I always wanted to live here in this very, like, non-specific way where, like, I just would come and be like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. This feels right. Whereas in, of course, in LA, I do feel like, (sighs) where the (laughs) (laughs) fuck weird. how do I... (laughs) Yeah, it's like all all question marks, um, and you know Toronto is so close to here. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it feels really right right now. I've had a lot of weird, like sort of family stuff that's been going on, so it's felt I've felt very like distant, but it's um, oddly sort of um, reified for me the idea that I that here is is what makes sense right now.
0: I want to talk about. Um one of your kind of historic Twitter scandals which again I didn't know about until you told me Um, so I just wanted to see if you could like recap this in any
1: how did that come up when we were talking about it
0: we were talking oh (laughs) a comedian we know Uh who is basically a queer icon oh yeah was saying that (laughs) 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 she can't who is a queer icon? And yes. was this was at a queer show? Was like okay, I'm not allowed to make like certain jokes mm-hmm. that actually are not harmful, really. But it, like,
1: because she, so she was talking about the difference between being a trans person and being a person <laughs> of a certain gender that wears like clothes that are not appropriate for that gender according to some standards. <laughs> and also, it was because somebody else on that show had. It was a it was a it was a gay comic who was talking about a trans person that that he had dated, and it we could feel the discomfort.
0: That's what it was in the room.
1: Like it, it was, was like as though he had mentioned, you know, a child's death. Like it was like that. Like the <sighs> the, the the sheer like. It was, like, an allergic reaction. It was something, like, it was It was something right. very physical.
0: And, yeah, right. So we were talking after about, like, how the audience is – everyone is so traumatized that, like, we're all as soon as, like – you can't even really do much comedy in that arena. Mm-hmm. When I say that, I mean you can't do much – if someone good wanted to do good material in that arena, which is sure. very rare, mm-hmm. it's already hard because the audience is like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Because, like, everyone's so traumatized. You expect,
1: yeah. Yeah. And, and that is just so insane. Like, I mean, just to <laughs> – yeah, just the very idea that, like, the topic itself is now – fa- is now hard. And, and, you know, this is why we were talking about It's because I was saying, like, I never thought that I would be the person that would be, like – Can everyone chill the fuck out? Because still, I would say that in most rooms that I'm in, I'm like, okay, we got to step it up here and, like, be a bit more mindful. Still, right? Um, Okay, so I was saying that I think it's, like, I think it's, like, hilarious now that somebody would think that I would be offended by anything that anyone could do. (laughs)
0: Me too.
1: Yeah, I think that I've spent, like, my fucking career being, like, the person who's fucking, like, offended, you know, by JFL and my, like, racism and what, like, and all these things. And I just think it's hilarious that, like, that somebody thinks that they could be so creative in the ways that they're <laughs> racism and transphobic and homophobic <laughs> that it would affect me in any fucking way. <laughs> like that is like try again like try like please i know try to shot like me. hit me with your best shot i know um so what happened was a few years ago <laughs> this is like a story and this is weird because now um it, you know, in some cultures, it's very, very um, important that I am verified on Twitter and on Instagram.
0: And we celebrate <laughs> so it's that huge. every single day.
1: It it makes me uh, very close to either a famous person or a white supremacist.
0: And it makes you seem older. I was <laughs> like, oh, Celeste is 30. I was like, Celeste is Celeste's 30 is goddamn 30. years old. And You should have to behold.
1: be. Wait, how old do you have to be to be president?
0: Um,
1: 45? 35? Wait, how the fuck old is Pete Buttigieg? Anyways. Oh, maybe it's 35. Maybe it's 35. That should be a rule. Um, (laughs) for verification. So basically what happened, the long short of it is that at a, um, at a a good university in Canada, it's maybe something like uh, a Cornell or or like, you know, it's a big, uh, good university, but it's not. Like the best, but it's like very white, very rich. Um, university. Um, there was a party, you know, when sometimes parties have premises, <laughs> a theme. <laughs> oh, okay, <A> party. <laughs>
0: okay, yes, we're back. Yes, thank you.
1: The premise of the party was I'm like pitching the party, the party, the theme of the party was um, countries. And so, um, each... that is so.
0: I went to Jewish summer camp. That is so like the banquet at the end of the session. They're like, <laughs> yeah. the theme is Egypt. And it's <laughs> yeah, like, like the theme is Alcatraz. Like, <laughs> so like that's bad. not the
1: same as like under the sea, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> like,
0: One year the theme was China, but.
1: Yeah, anyway. uh, surely, sure. surely. And so, you know, the different countries that people chose, and I think that there was maybe, I wasn't there, so I don't know. <laughs> Shocking. Um, I didn't, I was busy that night. <laughs> I they. I guess the premise is that it was a, there was like maybe a drinking game competition, so these were more like teams right. of countries or something. I don't fucking know. Um, and um, I had seen a post from that party from a a good friend of mine. Um, and she was on um, Team Jamaica. So, do I ask? No, you don't have to. <laughs> okay. You know exactly what she looks like. And um, <laughs> and I mess. I think I had messaged her, or I had said something like, "Hey, this is really like kind of evidently not cool." Um, and I knew her pretty well from "Say It With Me," Christian Summer. Camp. <laughs> And um, so I think that her response to that was she deleted the message or, or she, like, she had blocked me, something like that. And so I kind of, like, I went on Facebook and I saw, like, that she was tagged um, in the, like, sort of event photos. And it was just up came all these photos of just, you know, the <laughs> in celebration of all the different countries that people know oh, at, yeah. at this university. And... Um, So I just posted them on Twitter, and at first I was like, well, this is, like, insane. Like, it's just, like, funny. Um, But sort of, like, overnight it became, like, a national story (laughs) (laughs) because it was, like, you know, these gorgeous, you know, kids um, in these – Again, they were like comically bad costumes. Like comically, like like there was no again no creativity in the racism. And and you know if you're gonna be racist, at least be interesting. Um, and so there, I think that was also what people were responding to. At least become
0: the garçon.
1: Yeah,
0: come on, give us something.
1: I know, like elevated. I want poetry here. Um. So anyway, so
0: I, someone I went to Jewish summer camp with a few years ago. Um you can guess his race and ethnicity uh, mm-hmm. asked me um if he should be Luke Cage for Halloween <laughs> and he shredded <laughs> holes in his hoodie that looked like bullet holes and i was like you know just going to give my like medical advice that i think this is a bad yeah. idea and he did not heed it and you know they're out there sorry keep going he
1: was luke cage yeah <laughs> um so You've had a lot Sorry, of... Sorry, um, there's a lot of adju- There's a lot of um, variables it's, I'm, I'm neurotic, this place. yeah. I, I'm like a no, Matilda you're, character. No, you're doing great. I, okay. This is exactly the setup that I would have.
0: This is a Taurus setup. I know. Which is it's the Aquaphor, Aquaphor. L'Occitane hand cream.
1: I want to say 17 different LaCroix La hands. <laughs> and a huge, like... This, Honking water bottle. This water bottle is going to survive as long as cockroaches. <laughs> um, and then... After that, this national story came out, and then I was um, doxed. Fuck. Which? How old were you when you doxed? Do were people dogs? know? This was like in college. So, wow. Um, so I it was this really crazy thing because on Reddit, it happened on Reddit, I think. Um, and you know all these articles, these articles again that I think were really funny were like this comedian is hurt <laughs> to that, like you know, like all these like uh, joke articles about, um me being the police, actually this video, there's a, there's a, uh, maybe I don't want to talk about this because they are like dangerous, but there's like this very like evil sort of white supremacist news group um, that made a video of me and they put my head onto a police officer's body, like as like a, (laughs) like crazy graphic. And I was like, um, I look hot, like, butch, (laughs) like, um, because it wasn't, like, a police, like, it was, like, just a buff body. <laughs> it was, And, like, that's was, like, the reference to the police, and I was, like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> to be clear, I don't want to look like the police. Anyways, like, in reference to PC police. So, so on Reddit, somebody had said, like, you know, I'll pay you if you find Celeste's yeah, personal information. Wow. And so there was, like, a head tax on my personal information, uh, my address, my phone number. Wow. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I it wasn't – obviously it wasn't as bad as it could have been, which is like, you know, I didn't <laughs> die. <laughs> um, cool,
0: cool. But
1: cool. it wasn't great and, and it just gave me this sense of like, what am I doing? Like, w- why do I want visibility? Why do I crave like, um, you know, the platform to be able to talk about things? It really – it gave me a – you know, just really changed the scale of my perspective on on platform.
0: Well, it sounds like what I got out of hearing this story, not to put words in your mouth, mm-hmm. um, is, like, I got this sense that, like, you got cast in this role as this, like, offended liberal. Right. And you're not... You were like, um, no. Right. I just think you guys suck. Right. And There's a difference. you didn't, like, you were able to, like, take a uh, some moment and be like, oh, I could be playing into this and, mm-hmm. like, fueling this fire, or I could just be like, okay, you guys are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me, maybe.
1: Yeah, and it's hard because it's hard when... Uh, how do I articulate this? I think a lot of the time, and I think I, th- about this I th- with representation a lot, like, in the conversations around representation, where I'm like, okay, I agree that I don't like what's currently happening, but not for the same reasons that you are mad at me about not about agreeing with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like again, it's I game I mean with the representation thing, especially with like, you know, blackface and yellow face. I'm just like, okay, like if you think that, that what I'm actually angry about is like these photos, then you have you're, you are you I can't even have this conversation with you. Like, where do I even start? Like, if you think that that's what bothers me, go wear your stupid costume. I don't care. (laughs) That doesn't affect me daily in my life. Yeah. It's all the things that have contributed to somebody feeling absolutely fine with doing that, that that I take an issue with. Right, which is more of a complex
0: conversation. Yeah, Yeah, I... I don't even know how much about this I want to say because I'm going to get myself in trouble. I know. <laughs> I've noticed my family gets really crazy about Israel stuff where mm-hmm. they cannot even engage anymore. My mm-hmm. mom and my sister-in-law, who loved, we watched Transparent addictively, couldn't mm-hmm. watch the final season because it took place in Israel and they didn't want to see any of that, quote, Palestinian stuff. Okay. Really? Then I know people in Brooklyn who are literally the inverse of it, which I'm not saying that 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 means that there's an equal disparity of power between Palestinian and Israeli side. What I mean to say is I was at a fag Oscar viewing party, Uh the silliest faggot party you can imagine. And they cut to Gal Gadot in the audience and one gay said, is she a Zionist? (laughs) And it was just so silly because I was like, okay, should like the academy have her like escorted out of the theater? It was like right. so random in the same way of my mom being like, well, I'm not watching Transparent. Where I was like, okay, no one cares that you're <laughs> offended. Like you right. being like personally offended by Gal Gadot going to the Oscars
1: isn't helping Israel. Like isn't like, helping Palestinians. Yeah, be liberated. it's like okay, right. thank you.
0: Like I under I would love to engage in like a. Obviously, like a conversation about like the thing at the core of it, or like, like what is coming through, maybe Hollywood and those issues. But like right. the idea that like you're taking your stand at this like right. teamy, right, marginal. Like there's point. only so
1: many hours in the day, and so if you're gonna take up a you know one of those hours for something that isn't, oh, God, yeah, it points <laughs> to the wrong <laughs> problem. You're angry at no one. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's it is. I understand the rhyme, which is like, I obviously don't want you to fucking wear yellow face. Like, please don't come to my party in a rice hat. But I, on a on a on a in a vacuum, I I don't give a fuck. Please go ahead and wear it. So it, it, I understand that that can be a confusing message. <laughs> but just don't. But do it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm like nagging people who want to wear yellow face. <laughs>
0: Now your comedy career is gonna be huge. Yes, yeah, fine. Get them to come to your shows. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the rice <laughs> hats.
0: So Jupiter is in Capricorn for you.
1: Oh, yeah. So can I can I hear more about that? I just
0: it just means like the brightest planet in the galaxy is like right. Um, it it was on that sign when you were born, and it's okay. on that sign through December of this year. Since probably oh, November of last year, so this it just means it's like some added oomph. You know, and like some added mm-hmm. power.
1: It's a big year for you. I do feel like I have a lot of clarity right now in ways, in a way that I haven't felt in a long time. Great. Yeah. Although I, I was like kind of going around bragging about that, like about how at oh. peace I feel, and you know, how I, I'm just, I'm for oh. once just not worried about, yeah. what was, and immediately like everything went to shit like yeah. last week. So.
0: Oh my god. Same. Really. I was like when I did my solo show, I was like you know, there's just the sense of peace. Certain <laughs> t- you know, I was, I was like,
1: which so I mad. heard was a rave and I will be at. Thank you. The remount. i
0: obsessed with you being at the rebirth remount. Yeah. Resurrection. Yeah. But I had a full scale panic attack last week. Mm. Like the kind of never had, but like blacking out in the street panic attack. Oh my God. So it's like, Okay, bitch. Like, yeah, yeah, you're you're doing so great. Thank you. You know, yes. and I I actually do broadly think it is a sign of like progress and things coming out of one system. I'm not Absolutely. saying that it's all so linear and moralistic. What I mean to say is like, anytime I'm saying how like triumphant I'm doing, please look at my bank account. Please, <laughs> please, and then tell me how how well I'm doing.
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's it just in general. Usually, it's bragging. It's poison. <laughs> Bragging is poison, you heard it here.
0: Bibbs. <laughs> so after you graduate in May, yes. what would you want what what are you kind of seeing? I
1: am looking for work and Obsessed that is that. huge for me to plug on <laughs> this show. <laughs> of all shows. Industry. Girls, <clears throat> I am looking for work. <laughs> I am it, there's a lot of complicated, like, visa things. Um, so I basically... I'm authorized to work as of this summer. Um, so it, it's come up a lot where, like, you know, I've had to turn down all these th- things because the student visa, okay. you can only work in certain capacities, and then fucking that balance the with ass. my fucking, like, school schedule. It's just been it's just been a big big mess. So, I mean, imagine, yeah. if you
0: will, Please? you get hired. Yeah. One gets hired. A listener of this show... Walks into their writer's room job Uh and they just see Celeste sitting there, not at the head of the table to the right because they're too cool to sit at the head of the table. Mm -hmm. How fucking, how how at home you would feel. How the certainty you know that you're doing something cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you even put a price tag on that? All
1: that could be yours as of this summer. And throughout the rest of Jupiter and Capricorn <laughs> season, <laughs> sure cycle, <laughs> whatever the collective. Anyways, yeah, I'm available for hire. I do a lot of different, varied, and uh, exciting skills. Are what I have.
0: Yes, you do.
1: And as a writer, I can form a sentence <laughs> that is logical.
0: Same. Yes. Same.
1: I know that to be true. When's your birthday?
0: May 6th. When is yours? 12th. So you're in the week with, like, Kate Blanchett, Tina Fey. That's right. Tony Hawk. uh, Lena Dunham. Oh, (laughs) Tony Hawk, too. Yes. That's – I never knew about Tony Hawk being a Taurus. That's major. It makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. He's a jokester. He is – He's got jokes. And he is – There's an aesthetic. Yes. (laughs) There's a major aesthetic Mm -hmm. vision
1: there. Yeah. And a very, like, he's a very, a family guy. You know, a very, yeah, just a relationship-oriented.
0: Heart and home. Hearth and home. Yes. Okay, thank you for telling me that. Because, you know, classically, Taurus men, we don't have a lot going for us. We don't have, you know. (laughs) Is it a hard
1: road? Are you friends with a lot of Tauruses? I find them.
0: I prefer Taurus risings.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, that that tracks. Taurus risings, I, I they have
0: the sensibility, the sensuality, but they're not um, assholes. Yes. Yeah.
1: I find them difficult to be friends with. Although I don't find you difficult to be friends with.
0: No, them. literally, same. I love you so much. I know. But even at my restaurant job, like the other Tauruses, there's just I this can't. like.
1: No. Taurus dykes. Oh, that's I rough. There are not any in my circles. There can only be one in every lesbian circle, I think.
0: And gay Tauruses, it's like, okay, you're hot, period. (laughs) You're fancy. And you have nothing to offer. Yes. But Taurus Risings, all my favorite people. Moving in with one, very excited. Yes. Ruby's Taurus Rising. Yes. You know, classically, so.
1: Yeah. I like a uh, Venus and Taurus, too.
0: Oh, what could be better? I know. Being exalted. Yep. Unlike the The chaos of of Venus and Gemini that you kind of reconcile with every single day.
1: Every moment (laughs) of every day is, I would say, agony and also a struggle (laughs) and filled with hope.
0: So where can people follow you?
1: It's at (laughs) Celestrogen. Which you've just learned.
0: (laughs) Really? me! Yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, I am at this moment private on Instagram and Twitter. Mm. And not in a way that I'm like going through stuff, but more in a way that I'm just like back questioning like, do I need to post things to feel alive? Mm. Do I need to post things to get work? Right now it's no for me. But it might turn, so request a follow, babe.
0: I love like an exclusive. (laughs) This makes this interview even chicer.
1: It's true. Yeah, you really got everything you wanted, Han David. (laughs) This is a glowing success for you.
0: Um, I am very excited to see what comes out of this year for you. And I feel like there's a butterfly coming out of the chrysalis moment. We're all very. honored to witness so thank you for being here
1: thank you David for your love and your work and your light
0: (laughs) if you enjoyed this episode of the luminaries let me know give me a five-star rating on iTunes write a glowing encomium. share it on your Instagram stories email it to your aunt Joan and help make this series bigger and better with every episode thank you for listening and let's grow together see you next Tuesday bye-bye